Welcome to Best Behavior Creative Club, a design sensory original production. This is a podcast for the people that make things and make things happen. And now it's time to be on our best behavior. Well, hello, everybody out there in podcast land. Uh, This is Best Behavior Creative Club. I'm your host, Chris McAdoo, and I'm here with Brad Carpenter. This is going to be a really, really fun show. We're going to stop talking about marketing for a little bit and talk about like arts, entertainment, creative things. Yeah, we're super, super, super stoked to have David Francisco and Christy Platalero. Yes. I did it. What is the Ita- what is the Italian pronunciation? Spanish, actually, Spanish. and it's oh <laughs> it's platillero. So it's two L's, and that makes a Y sound in Spanish. So platillero. What does it mean? Silversmith. Silversmith. So I guess I'm David Silversmith. <laughs> cool. And way. I'm Brad Carpenter. So we're like we're like best hey. friends already. <laughs> oh wow. my gosh! Let's make some cool wooden. <laughs> yeah, we should team up and solve crimes with other metal objects. Anyway, (laughs) I love it. Well, uh, uh, David, why don't you kind of give a quick introduction about who you are and what brought you here? That's sort of a short version of sure. (laughs) Well, it's been a long journey, but I'm David Francisco, and I guess through a long series of events that started with a spinal cord injury in 2016. um, Well, I was doing music a long time before that, but right. Anyway, yeah, I, I have kind of bounced back from it and am now sharing my story. Even this week, we're going to high schools and sharing, uh, Christy, my wife and I are sharing our story, uh, just with the students and talking about distracted driving, about forgiveness, about love. Amazing. So you have roots in Knoxville though, right? Yes. Born and raised. Born and raised. Yep. Christy, where where are you, where are you where are you from? I'm actually from Springfield, Illinois. Springfield, I'm a Midwest Illinois. girl. Nice. But I moved out to California to pursue performing. Nice. And uh, I found it, and I now work at Disney, and I perform and dance there. So amazing! I get to make magic every day. It's awesome. And you guys are visiting us uh, today, but you're currently based out of Los Angeles, right? Yes, Orange County, but yeah, it's all kind it's of. For anybody, that's not, fr- for, for anybody that's not for anybody that's not from there. Yeah. You're like, oh, California. That, yeah, it's just like one place. Yeah, they just lump it all together. <laughs> well, so you guys have been in the industry in the, uh, you know, you've been in the music industry now for how long? Well, I put out my first EP in 2015. Okay. So, I mean, maybe four years, but I've been playing since middle school. So got it. that's like 15 years now. You were a band yeah. in college. A college band before the, yeah, before 2015. So like semi-professionally 2015, right? Yep. And then in 2016 is when you had your accident. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and fun point to talk about, we do call it a crash. A crash. Because okay. at these schools when yep. we're doing the presenting, we're like, well, it's actually preventable because it was distracted driving. Choice, so yeah. it's human error. It's a mistake. So we call it a crash. Sure. No, no, it makes it's sense. kind of a fun yeah. distinction. I didn't know that until the people who hired us were like, hey, actually, we've been calling it a crash. And I'm like, oh. That makes a lot so of no, sense. No, it makes a lot yeah. of sense. Interesting. All right. Well, do you mind talk about a little bit what what happened and sure. and just kind of tell sure. everybody what what happened that day? Yeah. Well, I mean, I moved to Nashville in 2016 to pursue recording uh, and producing at mm-hmm. a school called the Blackbird Academy. Martina and McBride. Yes, Martina right? McBride and her husband John own it. It's an incredible studio in Nashville. I mean, and all the studios there are incredible, but this one's like one of the best ones. Awesome. So. I'm going to this school and three weeks in, I've been biking to class every day, but uh, the three weeks in, 
at the last intersection before I got to the apartment. Um, the light had turned green, and all of this is from eyewitnesses because I don't remember anything, but the mm. light turned green, and I started going on my bicycle along with a car that was beside me. Well, there was a car coming perpendicular that was not slowing down, not stopping, and ended up T-boning me because I couldn't see them behind the car beside me. So mm -hmm. that car beside me slammed on its brakes. This car kept coming Exposing perpendicular, you. and I was exposed at the last minute. So... I woke up in the hospital wondering why my legs were off the bed because oh I couldn't gosh. feel them. But apparently there was a lot of stuff that happened. My arm was bleeding out on the road, but um, the worst of all was that I had a spinal cord injury and that was total paralysis from the waist down. So I had an L1 for the, for the geeks he out there. He was told he'd probably never walk again. Exactly. But, but, but that is not the case. <laughs> That's right. He walked in here today. Yeah, you walked in here today like yeah. like nothing. I don't even really bring any assistive devices with yeah. me anymore. I mean, it's it's a, it took a long I got my own while. swagger, but <laughs> it's yeah. <laughs> well, what was the a, a lot of the stories that we tell here are about the creative process and how your ambition changes, your goals change, and yeah. the things that you want to make change as you go through life. Yeah. Cuz the the goals and the things you want to make mean something very differently to you when you are you know, young or when you experience something like this. Yeah. And so when you were going through this process of, of rehab and getting literally back on your feet, mm -hmm. um, how important was it? How important was it for you to get back to making music, to get back to creating? That was honestly probably the first motivator for me was getting back to the audio school actually. So they invited me to come back on a full ride scholarship, which was the most incredible thing at the awesome. time because I didn't have much going for me. Yeah. <laughs> I can't walk, can't even like go to the bathroom on my own. So, um, and for they them even offered to build ramps for David cause they didn't know how far he would yeah. recover. Wow. So they were willing to build wheelchair ramps. Oh, I mean, I was fully expecting to be in a wheelchair for the rest of my life. And that's what they had told me. That's kind of what happens. And so, yeah, but that was, that was the first motivator. Um, it wasn't until later that I realized that, an album was going to come from this whole journey, but right. uh, much later. But yeah, at the time, the first motivator was get back to the audio school. Um, met a guy named Mike Latanzi who has an incredible studio in Nashville, and he is in a wheelchair. He had a mountain biking accident hmm. crash. Accident. Hmm. It was an accident, I guess. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so so he had this incredible studio, and he's like, hey, come on over. I'll show you my studio and how I work with it. So the two of us are like rolling around in our wheelchairs in his studio. <laughs> and it was just so cool to be encouraged that you can still do this. Yeah. Even if you're in a wheelchair, um, life's going to be different, but you can still have some part in the, in the creative world. Wow. And so you're, you're coming back. So from basically that place where you were told you're probably never going to walk again, you're in a wheelchair, you are, um, but you're motivated to get back out there and create what was it like the first time that you felt something or that you knew that you mm. may be on the road back, you know? Uh, well, it's funny because it, it, people say it was fast, but it felt so slow. Mm. It was about a month of no movement. And, and I mean, you know, I'm just trying to survive. I'm pain management because my back was in so much pain. I mean, they put eight screws and two rods into my back, oh my which gosh. are still there to this day. Um, so it was, it was a lot of that and just l trying to survive. And then I'm in bed one night and I look down at my foot and I'm always trying to move my body, my legs, whatever. Um, 
I look down at my foot and I'm trying to move it and I feel like it's actually kind of moving. And I'm like, am I seeing things? I was on the phone with a friend. I'm like, hold on, dude. I think, I think my foot's moving. I was so, Whoa. it was so small. I was so unsure. I called a nurse in. I was like, excuse me, can you come check something out? And so <laughs> she's looking at him like, all right, is it moving? Okay. Has it stopped? Is it moving? Cause you can even have spasms, but yeah, she was like, no, it's, it's moving a little bit. Oh my gosh. And that was the first, it was just a little bit of my left foot, about a millimeter, but it was something. And that was the first little spark of, okay, I guess some stuff's going to come back. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. And uh, along this process, you guys met. So Christy, where did, where did you, and where did you meet David? So I actually met David once before the crash at a show in Tennessee. I was here for a wedding and came a day early to go see my friend in this show who happened to be in the same college band as David. So I didn't know this. So we basically had a mutual friend and David was in the band that night. And I actually took home uh, with me back to California, a CD of David's. And I listened to his music and loved his lyrics and songwriting. And that was kind of the extent of our friendship, you know, oh, look, I met another singer songwriter and I'm in the music you know, dancing world. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I meet a lot of artistic people, but then, uh, Gideon, that was our mutual friend called me up and told me about the crash. And, uh, I was devastated because David was, you know, such an amazing human. And that summer I just stayed, you know, wrote him a letter and, you know, stayed in touch via social media. But because David was connected with the music industry, he kept getting invited to these events out in California um, later that fall. And he and his parents would come because he needed, you know, help with the wheelchair. And I was the one California friend. So he would (laughs) call me up and say, hey, you want to hang out? So we got coffee once and uh, I went to a music festival with David. And after those few meetings, we realized that we were kind of liking each other more than least, friends. Yeah, we should at least talk and <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> because, I mean, first of all, I got to explain that I was coming from a place of shutting relationships out of my mind yeah. as a survival mechanism. Mm-hmm. Right. I was I was not... I, I, I turned off all the long-term thoughts. Thoughts of, what's my life going to look like in the future? Because I didn't think anyone was going to want to be with me. I didn't even want to like go down that path. So... For me to go to California, it, w- it really was just, this is the person I know in California. Yeah. And the letter you wrote was incredible. Like, Thank you. Really impacted me, even though I had only met her once, which was awesome. profound. So now for me, you have to realize I was the girl who loved his music. And then we were talking you know, for a few months, and there was a time when I was like, oh, I got to figure out what this is. So I went out to visit David in Tennessee. And he picked me up and we were starting to hang out and he said, well, can I play you a song? And I was like, well, yes, I love your music. And he said, well, I should warn you, this song's about you. So he had written me a song secretly while we were kind of long distance Mm. courting. It's called She Makes Me Want to Sing. And that was one of the, I mean, you had started to, you had started to write other songs while in the hospital, I think. Mm -hmm. But that was one of the other first songs that you wrote. And I loved it because the, the words aren't like, I love you. You love me. It's very, <laughs> it's very raw. It's and Barney. It was just, it was just yeah. about what the relationship was at that time about how I didn't, I saw past the wheelchair and I saw David for yeah. who he was. And the song was called, um, she makes me want to sing. Yeah. And so. it's out now on Spotify and Apple music. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Back man. to the, your official podcast. <laughs> In my official podcast. Well, okay. Although we did, we, you, we kind of skipped over a little detail there though, because you said, especially after you wrote that letter, 
That had to be a heck of a letter. Yeah. It was incredible. We so talked tell me about, about like what what that was. We yes. talked about that letter on the Ellen show. Yeah, we did, and Ellen made a comment about it. Like she, wow, they were asking, like, can you give letter. us a picture of the letter? And, yeah. So the reason it was long was because I actually wrote two. So I I was actually going through a season of heartbreak whenever I met David. So his music actually hit home a little deeper for me. That's why I connected to it so well because I'm an artistic person, so that's how I emote. And so I, I loved his music, and it was very healing for me. And I knew that he was moving to Nashville, so I wanted to write him a letter to encourage him, like, hey, I know you're making this big move to pursue music. Your music's inspiring at least one person. Go for it. Mm. But I was too nervous to write the letter because I didn't want to be that, you know, creepy girl like fangirl even though i like Mm -hmm. i like writing letters i write letters to my friends and family so for me it's not weird but for other people it's like what so anyway then the crash happened and i said i should have written that letter now it's too late and then i just honestly just kept having dreams of this letter and i was like i feel really uh moved motivated to write something and i wasn't his friend i was an acquaintance so i feel i felt sorry that if i posted on facebook he wouldn't ever see it i thought a letter was more intentional so i wrote the first letter about his music and then i wrote a second letter trying to encourage in the best way i could of it, through his current situation and of I'm the spinal you, cord injury it was probably the best letter i got of all oh. of them and i had great letters yeah. like close friends family writing me and encouraging me but that one was powerful i'm glad i wrote it now yeah we, <laughs> the rest we, is history we still have it we look back at it with uh, our families too yeah. we we read it once and we it all were like, crying yeah yeah i bet was like, Whoa. but that, well, was, that, that was the beginning i love well you said something there that i always uh, i always love you 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 wanted to be intentional about it yes um and that that comes back to uh, the the practice, the practice of creativity, the practice of reaching out to somebody, mm-hmm. the practice of making meaningful stuff, yes. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so you're in the middle of this, this journey that would uh, eventually land you on American Idol. So I'm kind of skipping a couple no, steps, fine. but yeah. it's, it's sort of, t- I guess, talk a little bit about... Yeah, I don't hear about Idol. Yeah, how did you get How'd you get there and talk to, yeah, give us like, I don't know, maybe there's like juicy behind the scenes details. Ooh, nobody knows. Yeah. BTS, Ooh. BTS Exclusively deets. heard <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> best uh, behavior. Best What's behavior. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> best be- Exclusively heard on best behavior. Um, behind the scenes with David Francisco. <laughs> so, well, yeah, I guess how it went was, America's Got Talent actually. I tried out first. for America's Got Talent while I was in Nashville and they never reached back out. Hmm. So I guess they didn't like what I did. Um, so then I got reached out to from, I think, the same producer um, about American Idol. And he was like, You should come try out for American Idol. And I had had that experience with America's Got Talent where. I didn't even get a call back, so it kind of felt like a waste of time, Yeah, mm-hmm. honestly. Uh, ironically, it's so funny to think if I hadn't. But, um, yeah, so so they had an audition in California, and I had just moved out there. And we had a flight to catch later that day, but I was like, if you can let me go first, I'll, I'll come and do it. And yeah. so mm-hmm. we ended up going up to downtown L.A. from Fullerton or Corona, probably. Way far away. So, you know, Ooh. an hour, two-hour drive. Um did waiting around for this audition for producers of the show. And I'm like, why are we here? What are we doing? This is a waste of time. Wait, you were in Corona for that? 
No, no, the auditions were in Burbank. Oh, okay, okay. He was living Sorry. in Corona at the I time. just like hearing all the California names. <laughs> yeah. Because, you like, know. Like, there is nothing in Corona. There is, yeah. like, an Applebee's. Oh, exactly. And, and a Walmart. Far, Sorry, Corona. Far from LA. There's, great, there's some great people, I'm sure. <laughs> there's great yeah. people, but you just Applebee's. You wouldn't have, like, the American Idol auditions at, like, the Captain D's or something. <laughs> no, I was like, yeah. Yeah. man, oh that wasn't, that wasn't <laughs> American Idol. You're in the wrong place. Yo, you, guys, <laughs> you guys have been waiting here for how long? Oh, my gosh. So, okay, what what time? period is this that was Fall august of, of 2017 okay yeah. okay yeah so that's when the that's when the producers audition happened and so actually through a random other series of events i was connected to music cares and they had invited me to california a few months earlier to be on a live stream with Katy perry for her nice. album release for her album release of oh, witness it's all coming so together so they they did it was crazy it was like a four day live stream multi-cam throughout this house of her living 24 7 of her sleeping <laughs> not the bathroom but pretty much everything else yeah and it's you well it's you her and casey musgraves right yes yes yeah. yes How yes so the puppy and, and I didn't even know who Casey Musgraves was at the time, but now I'm like, oh my gosh, her album was yeah. incredible, that last one. Um, so that was a really, really cool experience going into it. And so I'm in this producer's audition at American Idol, and the main producer's like, well, we want you to meet Katy Perry again. Well, first she recognizes you. She said, oh, hey, did yeah. you meet with Katy Perry? And then yeah. at the end, when, he, when they told him, they said, yeah. you want to meet Katy Perry again? Because she was one of the judges. So full yep. circle. So... Yeah, that was really that was cool. crazy. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, "Wait, this is real. I'm actually gonna. I don't. I don't know if I'll get airtime, but I'm actually gonna audition for the judges. Mm -hmm. yeah. it's gonna be really cool. So I do. Uh, before we go on there, I, I want to. Uh, here's some behind the scenes because you're talking about the producers' audition versus the judges' audition. Oh, so yes. talk a little bit about that because the audition process, as anybody knows, can be punishing. Like, yeah. but talk about the idol producers' audition that led to. Yeah. Well, a lot of people have to go to the open calls. I was, I guess, fortunate in that I got to skip that and go to the producers round. So you'll, the general pathway will be open call. If you make it through that, you go to the producers round and then you'll go to the judges. So they, they have about maybe 30 people a day or, or more. Was it more the day that more. I auditioned? I think there was a hundred that day. A hundred? I think oh we were just in the first 30. Probably. <laughs> I think there was a lot. So there was, Yeah. Let's say about 100 remember, people that, that auditioned. On the actual day of the judges, there was less people. That's what I was that talking was, about. Yeah, that was only around 30. So to sum it up, <laughs> uh, 100 people for the producers' auditions and about 30, 40 for the uh, actual day of auditions. Only your day, though. Then there's multiple days. There are multiple so. days. And that's what we see. That's on the, the ones you see. But exactly. you have to imagine they're casting a show, basically. So they, they want to go through all the right, people that they're right. going to allow to have airtime and stuff. So it makes sense. Well, so here we are. We're at the producer's audition. You have now, like you said, hey, to Katy Perry again. Well, not the producer's one. The producer's sorry, one sorry, is like the, months yeah. before the right. judge's audition. But um, they've said, we want you to see Katy Perry again. And then in November of 2017, mm -hmm. I think, was the actual judge's audition. And that process was crazy. We got there at 8 a.m., and basically hung around and I was thinking, you know, maybe we'll audition at like one or two in the afternoon, yeah. <laughs> you know, if it really goes long, <laughs> but, um, it, yeah, I through a series of events. They didn't even get there until 2 PM. 
but we had done a lot of we film- did filming in the we morning. did a lot of filming but yeah no it wasn't gonna happen that early so yeah um <laughs> yeah and very quickly i found out that it really wasn't gonna happen soon in fact one of the producers of the show came up and was like actually we're saving you to the very end so I didn't sing until 10 p.m. at night. Whoa. And this, you got to keep in mind, you're auditioning for these people like Katy Perry, Lionel Richie, <sighs> Luke Bryan. You're trying to keep your voice warm. Yep. And so I'm doing vocal warm ups, and then I'm like, well, I guess I'm not going anytime soon. So then my voice gets unwarm, quote unquote. That's an awful word. But um, basically, like I have to keep warming up throughout the day to try to be ready in case I'm about to go. Yeah. And just your energy level, like. Yeah, and energy, because <laughs> like, they've been walking me around, and I'm on these forearm crutches, yeah. my legs are weak, so even standing up and walking down yeah, the street is still pretty hard. So it was a it was a long day. I, I auditioned at 10 p.m., and then there was about uh, two hours of paperwork that I was supposed to do that I didn't even do until the next day, um, mm-hmm. just because it was so long, yeah. and I couldn't stay that but long. But we made some good friends that day oh yeah you're with people right. all day <laughs> all day yeah sweating yeah. it out yeah what was the what song did you perform well so i actually did two songs um they don't always ask you to do another one yeah um but i wanted to start out with an original and it turns out a lot of people did original songs but um i started out with my song lionheart mm-hmm. which is not a vocally showcasing song i don't think it's it's a fun adventure like listening to it but it's honestly not a great one to be like, Hey, he's got a great voice. It's really just like, Oh, that was a fun song. So, and I did it standing up because I wanted to be as far as like a story angle, mm-hmm. the paralyzed guy standing up and playing for the judges. Sure. That's kind of what was in my head. So but at I that did time standing while singing was still a new feat. Yep. So he was more, a little bit more weak and not as it was more like and right. he was Voice focusing on balancing more than the, Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, so it was hard, and and the only comments I got after that one was Luke Bryan said something like, "I didn't, you know, I didn't realize how much we use our legs when we perform." And, like, <laughs> and I'm like, "Your body, oh, you're like, because I'm cool. not." Are you cool. saying something? Thanks, nice, Luke Bryan. Or yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were very kind. Yeah, no, they were very kind about but it. But it was but funny. So then yeah. they asked for another song. Thankfully, that's good. So they asked for another song. I was like. I don't know if you encouraged me. You probably did, but I was like, I think I'm going to, I am going to sit down for the second one. Um, and I did a lot better on it. I still was probably a little tired on that audition, but, um, definitely did better than Lionheart. And, uh, that one, they just started. Do you remember how that, like Katy Perry started crying at one point? I'm like, what is going on? And Christie's over there crying and everyone's getting emotional. Like what? We buried the lead here. What was the song? Well, it was, isn't she lovely? Stevie Wonder. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think what had happened, what had happened was I was looking, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm so proud of David and it was just a surreal moment. So I think I just was looking at David like I always do, but I think it just touched the judges in a different way. They yeah. saw that mm. love and um, I didn't even know what was happening. I was looking at David and then at one point, mm. I think I looked over at Katie and she was crying, which then made me more emotional. <laughs> and um, I think that she was just inspired by the way that uh, our relationship yeah. was and just the fact that David was you know, alive and there. And they all were so kind after like yeah. Lionel gave you a hug. They all gave us hugs, but yep. it was it was just it was really cool to see them as humans and mm-hmm. not as pop stars. They were human. They saw the human love. They saw the human tragedy, and they received us yeah. as humans. So that's what I tell people because it was really kind of them. Well, and it's interesting that you would your the the Lionheart um, 
has a pedigree that uh, you can trace to that Stevie Wonder style. A lot of your mm. work has mm. that syncopation, that that kind of stuff. So what what brought you there, like from an influence perspective? Kind of who did you grow up with? Who huh. are the, the, you know? Yeah, well, I, I always loved Stevie Wonder. I, I would say my main influence was John Mayer. So you can probably hear even more of that Absolutely. in my guitar playing if you uh, if you go back and do the homework. But um, yeah, I, John Mayer was a big one in high school. I started just basically going on YouTube and watching his videos. Didn't have any tutorials at that point, but um, I would watch his videos and just pause and slow down and, okay, what's he doing there and how is he doing it? And if you're really particular about it has to sound exactly the same and I have to do the vibrato and my hand has to look the same, you can literally learn anything you want from watching a YouTube video. You yeah. just have to be, and that's how a lot of, um, a lot of great artists from before YouTube even and the internet, um, will say they just listen to records and I'm like, but how did you, and you just have to be really picky about it and you just listen to it and, and really dive into the details of how are they doing that exact sound. And if you really get into that, then you can really, recreate what they're doing and and so between the john mayer influence between mm -hmm. classical piano training i had in middle school and um some jazz influence from saxophone uh songwriter influence from maybe ben harper um i kind of landed on this i 100 hear that yeah. yeah yeah it's like a blend of all of that and nowadays there's a little neo soul in there mm -hmm. from all the like instagram funk stuff like right. pick up is a cool Instagram account pickup music um, that that has a lot of really cool guitar sounds and it's kind of like the the modern John Mayer sound mm -hmm. in a way. Yeah. Okay. So we we're there. We're at the judges' audition. You obviously get to go forward. Yep. Um, so what happens next? Well, we wait two three months and in Jan so January 2018 is when the Hollywood Week happened and that was I mean. It was probably my favorite part because you're with all these people who have made it yep. to Hollywood and you walk into the room and everyone's singing and they're all doing these riffs. And I was like, what am I doing here? <laughs> this is insane. All these people are so good at singing. Um, and I'm the guy who just kind of sang in high school at the little songwriter night. And, and so I feel out of place for sure. Right. But it was honestly so much fun to be around these people. And, and it was that whole thing of surround yourself with people that are better than you because it'll make you improve. And I feel like even since then I've improved so much at just finding my voice, um, getting new influences vocally that, that being there at Hollywood week was really the impetus of that. And a lot of friendships. I mean, they don't air a lot of people. Honestly, some of my favorite people didn't even get airtime. Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> it, it totally happens. Again, they're casting a show. Yep. Uh, they're building characters. And um, some of them have been on other shows and all this stuff. So um, for me, it was just really cool to make friends. And as a producer, I'm a, you know, a music producer as well. And that was what I was doing before the crash. So... I wanted to meet them and have them come to the studio. Right. And in fact, I have through something we can talk about later, the yeah. shed sessions. Yeah. But yeah, that was, that was an incredible week. So I go on an audition and I do, basically they do the first round is lines of 10 where basically you go up and you, you play a song for 45 seconds or something. And then they'll call you and 10 other people that just also played out and all right, 
David step forward. All right. You know, Bobby step forward, whatever. And then they say front line, you're going home or back line, you're going mm-hmm. home. And that's when I got kicked off. And I right. knew it. Like I, I sounded really good during warmups and Christy was there. She can attest. I sounded really good during warmups. And then I go out there and I tried the standing thing again. Cause I'm like, all right, here, I'll, I'll like throw the crutches and do this dramatic thing. And then I'll play it standing. And I just, I, I think it was a mix of, well, first of all, standing, like I said, was still hard, even though it was two or three months later. And also being up on stage, all of the other contestants are in the audience watching. So I've just seen them slay on this stage. And now I'm up here, kind of imposter syndrome. What yeah, am I doing here? Yeah. So, so I, I think it was probably a combo of that and the nerves and being wobbly that just like my voice i'm like where is it shoot it's gone it's gone where to go that's that's <laughs> yeah. surreal though like looking back it's got to be like a fog yeah i yeah. mean looking looking back at that video it's embarrassing that one was really bad the mm-hmm. the the judges audition i'm like it was kind of i kind of sound strained but it wasn't too bad mm-hmm. that one i'm like Arr. and you're always your own biggest critic but I'm sure. like, objectively that was pretty bad i right. even like missed a note in the falsetto and uh, don't go watch it. Just go watch my new stuff. <laughs> yeah, go watch well, the, well, well, watch the Lion, stuff. Well, Lionheart is your first uh, single, right? That's right. So, I mean, we can go that way. I'm I'm re- working on a full-length album and a book. And yep. uh, this whole massive project basically centered around this journey of overcoming. Because I do want it to be a story album. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of different, especially these days. People release singles, especially as a smaller artist. You just... Yeah. And so... Um, I've been releasing singles leading up to this album and the album is the story of overcoming this injury. So it's got songs that I've written since and um, there's some that are about overcoming. There are some that are just about diving into the pain and the realness of it. Mm -hmm. And then there's some love songs. And so, uh, because obviously now I'm married to this wonderful woman and uh, she's got a lot of songs about her. So great. Now Katie Perry's crying again. Yeah. Sorry, Katie. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. And then the book is interesting because, um, and I never thought I would write a book. What on earth? Like that's one of those impossible little projects, but I'm like, why not? Screw it. I'm going to write a book. So I just got a Google doc started. I started typing awesome. and about a year of doing it every day. Uh, in the morning or something. It was kind of cathartic, honestly, waking up and just getting it down. And and it was a totally new thing, so it was kind of exciting in that way. I guess I'm just writing stuff, so what should I talk about? It's like uh, an open canvas, a blank page, literally. So um, it ended up becoming a really cool parallel to the album. So the album is all these songs, and the book each chapter is a title of the song. Oh, cool. Because they're all roughly chronological to the story. A um, season in that journey. Yeah, uh, cool. from different seasons. And so I basically talk about, all right, and then this happened. And then um, here's how I wrote this part of the song. So it's like, you almost have this reference of the album. It's like, all right, play track two and now read this and now play track three. And you know what Very I mean? Very cool. Very so interesting. I don't know if anyone's ever done that. No, probably not because how many people have even had spinal cord injuries, but (laughs) I think it'll be really interesting. And and I'm actually really hoping because in the early days of my recovery, we read a book called Hope Heals. Shout out to Catherine and Jay Wolf. Uh, That book and some others, Victoria Arlen's book, uh, Locked In, um, Locked In, 
was uh, really encouraging as well. Um, just a couple examples of books that I read in the early days that really, you know, because when you're when you're trying to figure life out mm-hmm. after such a serious thing, you're just looking for any examples of what the future might look like. Mm-hmm. And so I'm hoping that this book can get into a lot of rehab facilities, a lot of um, into the right hands of people who might need encouragement through whatever they're going through. It's not just for spinal cord injuries, but um, definitely it would be cool to hear some stories um, of people reading it and going through what I went through and well, being encouraged. Even um, kind of digging back onto the, the artistry side of it too, um, thinking of things as an album. Hmm. You know, versus versus the versus just the single that gets released versus you know particularly an album that you would encourage folks to listen to in chronological order. Yeah. Yep. Right, and then yep. reference something like that. Yep. So what you are offering here is a more. Um, it sounds like a pretty in depth journey. Yeah. You're and given a lot, but you're going to ask a lot of people, right? Right. Right. It's something that you really want to dive into, and we've found that in the right context, it's so powerful that it's worth kind of trying to get people there it's a big ask but (laughs) when you go there it's worth it um and we're even going to make vinyls just because you know a vinyl you just it plays through and obviously cds even though a lot of cars don't have those we're actually um and we're partnering with disc makers who is a cd manufacturer and uh as well as cd baby and merchly and book baby um that's kind of like this conglomerate of companies that help indie artists and so we're going to actually make USB drives uh, probably in the shape of a line or something. We'll see. But that'll have the album on it. You can plug it into your car and it'll just play. But it might also have the audiobook. We haven't finalized any of this. Interesting. Oh. That's Ooh. something we're thinking about is Interesting. like put the audiobook on it as well. How cool yeah. would that be? Because yeah. then it's all kind of packaged together. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of different pack- ways we could package this. But you, and you read the audiobook yourself, right? I will. It hasn't been. It Got hasn't it. happened yet, but we're we're actually in the final stages of uh, the last pass. If you want to take a read of, yeah. of editing the the book, cool, yeah, awesome, fantastic. Well, so we've kind of covered as, as as folks hopefully know by now. We talk about the what's next, um, and it seems like we've kind of covered a lot of stuff. The what's next, the big wins, um, big what's next, big wins, big fails, and the why nots. Yeah, and like just by you telling your story. We've covered a ton of that. Yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't let you segue into it too. No, it's it's, act, it's, it's this was just just talking. Yeah. Really. Yeah, no, it's absolutely it's absolutely amazing. So, oh. like right now, um, I do want now it's it's a really good opportunity. We understand what you're doing. Um, what is something that you would tell um, an aspiring singer songwriter, an aspiring artist, mm. um, either of you guys that's kind of coming up in it or trying to get back into it or trying to introduce themselves in a rapidly changing world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, well, first you got to understand the context. You're in a world with a thousand other artists. I'm sorry, but it's not like it was. Um, There's just, you're vying for people's attention and you have to give them 10 things before you can ask anything. Um, We just went to a a conference in Austin, Texas called the DIY musician conference. Mm -hmm. And it was really enlightening because um, they compared the relationship with your fans, quote unquote, as a human relationship. And I never thought of it that way, but I really think it's true. You have to build a relationship. If you just go and 
it's almost like how a homeless person asks for money. It's like, well, I don't know you. I haven't right. built a relationship with mm-hmm. you. I don't, I don't trust you. So why are you asking? But musicians do the same thing, don't we? Like, hey, David Francisco and his new album's out. Go buy it now. It's like, what? what? I don't I know don't, him. I don't know. Get yeah. off my porch. Yeah, you don't know me. <laughs> Get out of here. So um, I think I think you have to connect with people individually and, mm-hmm. and not ask them anything and just play local shows and put up a bunch of YouTube content. That's again, and maybe yeah. I can talk about the shit. Yeah, what do you what do you do? What yeah, do you do on perfect. YouTube? So um, I kind of accidentally started this thing called the Shed Sessions. My groomsman at our wedding gave me a a sixty three hundred, and so I got a thirty five millimeter lens, and it's good enough to do video. So I'm like, you know, I've got this camera. I had a friend over. Um, let's record a cover song. And then right before we start recording, I'm like, I should film this because I have this camera. And so I just set up the camera, played guitar, filmed myself playing it, but actually recording like high quality audio. Yeah. And then filmed him singing it into a good microphone in the studio. And uh, it's literally in my shed. So I called it a shed session. I put it online just for fun because this guy wanted to put stuff out. And and again, the key is just putting out content. So anyway, I... um. I was like, this is actually a cool way to work with artists. First of all, as a producer, the same thing applies. I can't ask people to just, hey, pay me a lot of money and I'll record your songs. You have to start somewhere simpler and you have to build that trust in a relationship, right? So I invite, and now I'm, I'm better at it, but I started inviting these artists and I started with people from American Idol actually, inviting these artists to the shed to work on a cover song I'm not I'm not charging them anything. The only the benefit for me is getting to work with them as well as putting out a good piece of content on YouTube on my channel. So, I I say it's featuring this artist, it's exposure for both of us. I have a small audience now that I've done the American Idol thing. Mm-hmm. They hopefully have a, art, a a large audience and can give me exposure that way. And it's really turned into a cool thing. I've done maybe 20 of them now. Oh wow. Um and at that conference, we actually met the guy, um, Bob Boylan, from Tiny Desk, mm. who, you know, you've yeah. heard of those, right? So, well, I just was introduced to Lizzo via Tiny Desk. Oh, cool. So there nice. you go. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> so, but that's the thing. Those have become a thing. He's done 900 of them. Wow. So you got to understand, this takes time. Like, people are too impatient these days. Yeah. It's people all about, are, yeah. It's all about too, content and collaboration. Consistent content collaboration. Yes. Consistent content Cons- here it is. collaboration. Consistent collaborative content. Ooh. Ding, ding. And it's cool because I see the most joy when David's working with people. He can be in a studio working on his own stuff and, and that's okay. But when he has artists over and they're collaborating, that's when I see like the light in David shine. So it, it yeah. just makes it fun. It goes back to why you started music in the first place. And it's creative. You... I, I'm not, I should not She's ever touch one. a button in a studio, but I'll come <laughs> in and watch. And it's really cool to see the creative juices flow between artist and producer. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you guys last week dropped a new single. Yes. So tell us a little bit about that. Talk, talk about like uh, specific to like 2019 songwriting relationships, all yeah. collaboration. Yeah. Right. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, FaceTime it, lover. Yeah. So the song's called FaceTime <laughs> lover. And it had quite the journey. Um, I yeah, basically it started with uh, electric guitar, uh, me and some friends in Nashville when I was still going to the audio school the second time, when I didn't get paralyzed again. <laughs> um, 
and and I just had this idea on guitar and and, and the line FaceTime lover just came to me I'm like that's a hook FaceTime Wait, lover. Wait, pause. Yeah. Who was your FaceTime lover? Oh, my baby girl, Christy. <laughs> so we were long distance. It, it better be, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't have... that's the, Well, the thing is, I didn't have the whole idea fleshed out, I, but I did. We were I FaceTiming every day. Jess, like, yeah, you're yeah. my FaceTime lover. Because I was in California, he was in Tennessee, and FaceTime was our means of communication via long distance. So that that's good. No, that's Yeah. <laughs> so basically, um, I had that little spark of an idea. And I wanted this song to be pretty different. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was, like I said, like that whole pickup music vibe is kind of this neo-soul thing. And yep. it's probably the closest thing I've done to that. Um, cool. Weird chords. There's even a modulation into the chorus and then back out of it um, where you go to this minor key. So anyway, um, I spent a long time kind of developing the structure of it and then writing the lyrics. And I felt like, this you know this could actually have a really cool rap on it and so my dad found a guy who knew a guy who um <laughs> which is how all things right. technically always happen yeah. yeah you got a guy oh i got a guy <laughs> yeah yeah so basically we found this guy swoop who um great rapper ended up he sent literally i just told him hey i think it'd be cool if it started almost like a phone call like a facetime call and then you just kind of go off about FaceTime and he sent it back. And the first time I heard, it, I was like, wow, that's Chills. it. It that's was it. so cool. Yeah. We listened to it together in, in the, the car, car and yeah. it was awesome. That's so cool. So that was a, that was a really His name positive. Was Swoop? I mean, yeah, Swoop. Swoop. Okay. That was in general, a really positive experience. Mm-hmm. Um, there was definitely like a balance of creative production because I'm a producer. So it's kind of hard for me to work with other producers on my stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although, um, you know, it can work. And I've found that actually having more of a production consultant with me on the process helps because I just need that outside perspective. Hey, what if you did it this way? And then I'll go in and actually like massage that idea for hours and be like, all right, how do I actually like pull that off? But I think that's right. That, that to me helps a lot. And so we've actually found, uh, Jan Smith out of Atlanta, Mama Jan. She was Justin Bieber's vocal coach. Nice. She's incredible. She's Amazing. got. She's got an incredible studio and team. Um, uh, Aaron, uh, Jason Aston, Sean Grove. Um, I know the guy who mixed the the stuff was Sean Grove, and then um, Mills. Rodney Mills produced or. or Rodney Mills mastered it. Mm-hmm. And so between her production co- consultation and the mixing and the mastering, um, first she did Lionheart and I was so mm. blown away. We wanted to do the whole thing with her. Yeah. One to make it consistent and two, just because it sounded so great. Correct. So yeah, it's, it's a cohesive album and, and I finally found what I felt like was a pretty good balance of, like getting a team involved, but not too much team to where it didn't feel like me. So. Yeah. And well, and being able to strike that balance over the course of 11, how, what will the full album be? 11, 11. songs? Yep. Being able to find a cohesive, not only song structure, but the storytelling and mm-hmm. also the sound mm-hmm. and the, you know, the sound structure mm-hmm. of everything. And um, she bought into, Mama Jan bought into the whole project deeper than just all right let me help you like make these songs sound good she right. she believes in she's emotionally the whole, invested mm-hmm. exactly which is i think an important key you don't want that 
I don't know, high profile relationship, you want someone that believes in you as well. Oh, absolutely. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And how much, like how much input like from the husband and wife angle <laughs> did, did you have well, or, or do you, or do you not Christy, show your I, wife? Like, so I know some people would just like, nope, she can't see this until it's done. She, oh, okay, she, yeah. Christy, I will say for her is really good at approaching it because, um, love my parents, but sometimes they're a little too direct about yep. it. And, and so I don't always ask their advice on songs, but Christy just approaches it kind of differently. And, and I try to take the role of a normal consumer. You know, I'm not a producer. I haven't, if I watch a dance show, I can pick that thing to pieces, but music, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not that, um, invested or, you know, I'm talented, whatever. So I can look, I can listen to a song, as a person that's going to listen to it on the radio or a normal Mm -hmm. person. So I can kind of just give the average Joe type of critique. Um, But for us like together, we, we started singing together after the album kind of has already been written. So I'm only on one song, but I think for keep the faith, and uh, mm-hmm. I won't let you go. Oh yeah, that's right. I won't let you go. And oh my soul, or oh. keep the faith. Yeah, okay, you're right. I forget what's happening. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I think what's next when we answer that question later, hopefully we'll do more creative stuff. And we're working. We have a side project called Lion and Bird. Yes, um, because that's I'm the lion, Lionheart. And lion and bird. bird. She's the bird. So that's our side brand of us together. But um, well, let's talk. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about that because this this is gets into like the what's next kind <laughs> yeah. of thing. Yeah. Because you guys have you have already had this sort of incredible journey um, of of you know of, of obviously the the um, the crash to the recovery to the forgiveness to the the new you know to to pushing through to continue to make artwork. And again, I love talking about that motivation. Mm-hmm. I love talking about why you, you know, change, you know, change direction here or do mm-hmm. another thing. So tell us about Lion and Bird. Yeah. So it kind of came, well, it kind of came out as a joke. I've, I've always referred to myself as a bird, you know, when you're like, what animal are you? I'm a bird because I've traveled <laughs> for many years of my life working with a nonprofit group and uh, actually being able to use music as a vehicle to teach song and dance around the world. Yeah. Um, but we loved, well, actually, while we were dating, he wrote me that song way back when, when we told you guys, she makes you want to sing. So a month after that was David's birthday. This is before we were even boyfriend, girlfriend, and I didn't I couldn't go visit him so I surprised him by choreographing a dance to that song and his parents um, showed it to him that day and he cried yes <laughs> it was so good and so it was this beautiful I mean, moment of yeah. yeah think about it I wrote a song for her and it's probably the best song I've written at that point and then I get a video of her doing a beautiful dance to it and I'm just like we make beautiful art together yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean it's just and I think at that moment it was like already in life we were working as a team because we would you know if I went to go visit him while we were dating and we wanted to go do something it was like an obstacle course you know yeah. he's in a wheelchair or a walker and and I my eyes were open to the world of handicap and I just I I was very thankful for that because now I have more of an empathetic heart in all mm-hmm. in all realms but um, anyway, so we knew we were a team in life and then we saw that our, our, our gifts were being, we, we could work them in together. And I grew up in musical theater. So a little bit different than the singer songwriter environment. I have to get her to use less consonants. I have to use less consonants <laughs> and less vibrato. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love you. Anyway, so I, but I love to sing. And so I would, 
I, I, like I said, that first, before David's crash, I would listen to his music and I would sing with his music in the car. So now in real life, I was getting to sing harmonies with David and we just slowly, you know, hey, you want to sing harmonies on this song? Okay, sure. Now I know harmonies on almost everything and Mm -hmm. we sing together. But, and then it was funny because we got married and we were doing all these things and people wanted to know more about how, how do you camp when you're in a, a walker or a hmm. forum crutches or how how did you go do that and people were in, in uh, interested in how we lived life because of the interesting you know stuff we had to deal with and so one of our friends encouraged us to start a, an o- our own instagram about just doing life I, we cooked a lot too like mm-hmm. weird things so now we have this side project of lion and bird that it's kind of it's more of a i guess lifestyle but it involves music um and speaking and then just random fun stuff adventures we travel a lot and how we do life together but we hope that after this album is complete you know this has obviously been the focus for a long time then we'll have the headspace for maybe possibly a music project together Mm -hmm. we've talked about like little songwriting retreats and stuff like that who are some other artists that you guys are are listening to that, that you're digging on right now hmm uh johnny swim we always love johnny swim they're yep. a, a married couple and have two a kid two kids two kids two kids and they're doing it and well they did um and they do to us a lot of collaboration with like drew holcomb and the neighbors yep. yes or drew holcomb drew and ellie holcomb yeah too yeah mm-hmm. yep. so we would actually have seen them a few times and they've they remember us and that's really cool when we get to see them because they're an inspiration they're like kind of like the next season ahead you know right we're <laughs> thinking about family and all that and it's like how can we do music and have a family as well mm-hmm. so i would say they're a big inspiration and david still loves john mayer we're actually going to one of his concerts in la in a few weeks a few weeks um which is nice yeah and then um I mean, as far as big artists, I do. I have gotten more into pop as I've been in California. There's mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of those singers on American Idol are incredible vocalists that want to make pop songs. Sure. Yeah. So uh, I've been dabbling into the pop production, which has been really fun, mm-hmm. as well as I I really like vocal harmonies and riffs and kind of the clean, tight vocal. I'm not a powerhouse singer, so um, I guess. I, a lot of people compare me to Shawn Mendes yeah. and Ed Sheeran. Mm. Kind yeah, of, like they have a little bit of that edgy sound, um, but songwriter meets pop. Yeah. Um, I mean, I am honored at that comparison because I don't feel like. And I listen to those two that. artists as well. I like them. So <laughs> those are some big artists <laughs> that are inspirations. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, I want to take care of everybody's time and everything. Yeah, we're, have, we're 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 at an hour now, so we yeah, can, you guys have wow. been good. We're so good. gracious, wow. you know, to Thanks. to to come out here and and to talk with us. Um, is there? I always like to kind of leave with a parting shot. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about next steps. We've talked about what you guys are doing. We've talked about this incredible journey. So um, give something for the folks at home that are out there. Um, you know, maybe they're not facing that mountain to climb like you did, but mm. maybe sometimes it's just putting that pen to paper, mm-hmm. putting that note on the page, putting that, you know, what do you tell somebody that is just, you know, what do I do? Ne- what do I do next? Well, what I was going to say is exactly that. You, So many people have great ideas these days. It's the ones that do it and do it consistently. Like we said, consistent quality content. Collaborative. Collaborative. Well, we got to cool. come up with a There's better so much. <laughs> We'll work on the acronym. Yeah. Yeah. But 
That's exactly it. I, I've been going five years and I feel like I have not done nearly enough uh-huh. just to, to yeah. feel like I actually, and that's why I'm so excited to get this album out. I just want to keep putting new stuff out there, but I also want to give it what it needs. But if yeah. you're, if you're out there, just do it. I mean, literally just put stuff out. Don't be a perfectionist. The whole idea. My mom told me this one time. Um, there's there's two classes that this pottery teacher had. In the first class, he told, make me the best pot you can in an hour. In the second <laughs> class, he said, make me as many pots as you can in an hour. And turns out, the second class made, each of them made about seven or eight pots, and the last ones they were making looked a lot better than the one pot from the first class. So, and they had more to show. So I, I wholeheartedly believe that you just need to rinse, repeat, practice create and all that stuff because that will that will get you i guess first of all better at it but you'll also be kind of leaving something in your in in the process and songs that i don't even think are very good some people really like so don't be too picky about it but just do it and put it out and keep going yeah i love it and where um and christy or david where can people uh go to to find out more about you guys to download tunes to see what you're up to next David Francisco Music. You can find that on Spotify, Instagram, Facebook, and that's all of David's music projects and life. And then Line and Bird DK. Line and Bird was taken by someone that doesn't even use that Instagram handle, but Line and Bird DK for David and Christy Got it. is our Instagram. Cool. So. You guys, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for um, your willingness not just to get out there to create, but to continue to create and to encourage others to do the same. Yeah, for sure. So there you go. Thanks we, for having you. us. Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks. And we hope you guys enjoyed this edition of Best Behavior. I'm your host, Chris McAdoo. I'm Brad Carpenter. And we'll see you next time around. Hey, thanks for listening uh, to Best Behavior Creative Club. I really appreciate it, and I hope you enjoyed what you just heard. Best Behavior Creative Club is a Design Sensory production and a DS original series hosted by me, Chris McAdoo. We're produced by Brad Carpenter and executive produced by Joseph Nother. Sound engineering by Hunter Foster and music by Matt Honkinen of Pitchwire. If you like what you heard, Make sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, etc., etc. Please leave us a review or drop us a line at bestbehavior at designsensory.com. Hey, y'all, thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Now, go make something great. <laughs>